Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The Week 14 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three games to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. And on MyBookie, there's so much to bet on. College football, basketball, NBA, NFL, NHL, custom props, and even eSports. You name it, MyBookie has it. MyBookie's been in business for years. They've got the great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. Also, make sure to follow at MyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll also be the first to know when new odds and props are posted. So don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code BEARS25 to get your 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. Ever since the NFL flexed LA's visit to Soldier Field to Sunday Night Football, it has been the game Bear fans all over have been waiting to see, and it's finally here. The time has come for our beloved to put up or shut up against one of the league's best in the LA Rams. Will the Bears meet the challenge, or will there be a major letdown? Bill Mater from Locked on Rams joins us on the Week 14 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. It is the marquee matchup of week number 14 when our beloved Chicago Bears return home to Soldier Field after a disappointing loss to the Giants in the Meadowlands to host the, uh, the well, arguably the best team in football, the Los Angeles Rams. And, um, you know, what's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the week 14 preview of the Bears Talk Underground. And, uh, you know, like I said in the intro, Ever since they they flexed this to the to the Sunday night game, it is the one that uh, everybody has been looking forward to. I mean, everybody, not just us as Bears or Rams fans, we're not the only ones who've got this thing circled uh, on the calendar. And uh, you know, it's it's the game that everybody's going to be talking about, and uh, I can't wait to 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 see it. We uh, we got Brad Mater from the Locked On Rams uh, podcast. The uh, the technology was cooperative. Uh, this week you'll hear some garbles between you know here and there but for the most part I think I got about I got through it with about 96 percent uh, you know with a thumbs up so um, occasionally the technology wanted to be a bitch but for the most part it did its job therefore we have a guest and thank God for that because there has literally been nothing going on this week it is way too quiet between these two teams uh, to have no news or notes or anything like that to uh to to give you guys this week i mean the injury report is ridiculous first of all number one there's nobody on the ram side of the injury report not a soul 
Not one person on the on the uh, on the Los Angeles Rams. I keep wanting to call him St. Louis because we did it for twenty years, but um, not one person on the Rams injury list. And I'm not even talking about like, oh, there was a guy that was uh, you know being held out with a hamstring on Wednesday, but he was full participation on Thursday, so he's off the injury report. No, not a soul. That section of the web, and I checked the Bears and Rams websites. And where you would usually see your opponent's injury report, that's there's nothing there on the Bears side, and it's a blank website or web page on the Rams uh, web, actual web page. So I mean, it was like, wow. Well, I guess that's how you get to be eleven and one when you are the healthiest team in football. You have zero people on the injured list. That's impressive. And on the Bears side, we have three special teams contributors and Mitch Trubisky who has been a full participant in both days of practice so far this week, Wednesday and Thursday. Nagy's saying how he's uh, been impressive, uh, likes the way he's been throwing the football, but of course because he's a coach and he has to for some reason, uh, he's being coy about Mitch's availability for Sunday. But he's playing or Chicago Bear fans will burn Soldier Field to the ground on Sunday if Chase Daniel is the starter after the game that he had against the Giants uh on sunday god bless chase daniel and him you know we got one of the better backups in football but that was just not his day it just wasn't his day i don't think chase daniel is a bad quarterback i just think he had a bad day uh on sunday i think the guy that we got on thanksgiving day is more in line the guy that we'd get if we got to play that giants game again uh as opposed to him repeating the same performance so i i i I have faith that god forbid if we need chase daniel again he'll be able to help us out but uh, Mitch is playing on Sunday. Let's not joke. But uh, Benny Cunningham and Sherrick McManus were both uh, limited on Wednesday, full go on Thursday. And uh, Deion Bush, uh, with a hamstring injury, has not participated yet in practice so far this week. So he's probably out uh, for the Rams game. But looks like we're going to have everybody but Deion Bush healthy on Sunday. So between two football teams, 14 weeks into an NFL season, you got one person that's going to be not playing out of the 53 on each team. So 106 roster guys, only one of them's not going to be playing uh on Sunday as far as uh you know, health is uh as far as health has to dictate it. Obviously, they're only going to have 46 apiece because of the inactive players and and whatnot, but None of those guys that uh, are, you know, are none of them are going to be inactive because they're starters. You know, you're not going to see like the last two weeks. Mitch Trubisky, our starting quarterback, is on the inactive list. No, it's going to be seven guys that probably wouldn't have played anyway. That's why they're on that list. But uh, I mean, that's ex, ex, and and it speaks to why both of these teams are in the position that they are because they are able to field their best team each and every Sunday. So. That's why these teams are where they are. I mean, just think about where we've been the last four or five years. I mean, it started with with Tressman in 2013. We lost Henry Melton to a knee injury. Lance Briggs missed some time uh, and and everything else in between. Uh, You know, um, Brandon Marshall got hurt in 2014. Alshon Jeffrey was in and out of the lineup during uh, John Fox's uh, tenure. Uh, And then, you know, we led the league in injured reserve all three years that John Fox was the head coach. We couldn't keep a guy healthy to uh, to save our lives. I mean, that's that was like the key going into it in 2016 and 2017. If, if the Bears can stay healthy, we can probably win some games. But staying healthy was just, ugh, just not something that the Bears did the last few years. So, you know, 
thank God we brought in that new uh, training staff because whatever they're doing, they are doing it right because our guys are healthy. You know, aside from uh, you know losing Kyle Long, but uh, the word around the campfire there is that uh, he might be healthy enough to come back week 17 so Kyle Long could be healthy and ready to play for the playoffs uh, and whatnot which is a great thing to hear because God knows that right guard has become a problem Brian Woodsman did not have a good game against the Giants uh, this past Sunday and he has been the weak link I don't know why Eric Cush isn't out there he's not on the injury report so Eric Cush should be out there in my opinion or maybe they don't put him out there because he sucks at right guard I don't know but he uh he should definitely be out there I don't understand how Woodsman is is uh the one that's playing instead of him but anyway the only uh things going on this week uh there was a video that for some that is uh has gone viral of, of uh, sean mcveigh showing off that uh that memory of his uh he did a uh, press conference it was either yesterday or or, or or early today of him running down all 11 starters on the defensive side of the ball for the bears he mentioned jackson roquan you know everybody didn't miss a soul got them all you know and uh I'm pretty sure there are other coaches in the league that can do that. They just don't. Maybe they mention, uh, you know, a top flight player from each level of the defense. Well, we got Eddie Jackson. We got, uh, you know, Khalil Mack, the linebacker. And, of course, we got Akeem Hicks uh, up front. They talk about the, the, the quote-unquote headliners. Uh, but McVay, he didn't miss a soul. And uh, for those of you who don't know, McVay is the head coach of the St. Lu- uh, Louis the L.A. Rams. <laughs> See there, I did it again. But um, he, he ran down, ran it down, and, and everyone's treating it like it's some kind of great uh, feat of uh, memory. He's a, he's a coach in the NFL. It's his job to know those names, and he's the play caller. Uh, so, yeah, he should know those. Uh, he's just doing something you don't see pretty much any other coach do by breaking down one by one each of the 11 starters. I guess that's the impressive part. I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but I just – didn't really see what the big deal he he can name all 11 guys on the defense i'm sure Nagy can do that for the for the rams i'm I'm sure he could if you if you if you asked him but uh anyway i'm not trying to hate on mcveigh i just you know i I think actually people are making way too much of it as far as the video's gone viral everyone's going nuts because he can name the guys on the team that he's playing against on sunday I, i don't see why that's impressive or at least i don't see why everyone needs to make it a huge deal I mean, people are making a deal of it because earlier this year, like during training camp or something like that, Chris Sims and his broadcasting partner, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment, uh, they tested Sean McVay in his memory because they heard about the things that he can do. They asked him about this random play. This Here's the down and distance. There was this much time in the game. You got the ball at the 35 tell us what happened and he nailed well it was girly the the guy was open in the middle but he you know bit on the fake and blah blah blah. so we went to the outside and girly caught the pass for a touchdown and they're showing us the clip as he's describing it so that is impressive that is extremely impressive to be able to stand there and have someone ask you about some random play week eight from a year ago and you're able to nail it right down to the exact moment what happened how it went down and all the rest of that stuff. That is impressive. Asking a coach if he can name his opponents, not really impressive. So I think everyone needs to calm down uh, on that. Um, the other cool thing I saw was uh, Khalil Mack was on Anthony Adams' uh, little series that he does on the on the Chicago Bears website. It used to be called Big Guys in Little Cars, but now it's like uh, Big Guys in a Benz because they got a sponsor now. Mercedes-Benz is sponsoring the uh, – 
the little web series now, and uh, he had Khalil Mack in the in the car, and they were driving around Hallis Hall or somewhere around Lake Forest, I guess, and uh, talking about to where Khalil came from and uh, um, what music he listens to and 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 stuff like that. It was a fun uh, little video. It's about three and a half, maybe four minutes uh, long. Check it out on bears.com if you want to uh give that a gander but um like i said a few minutes ago it's it's way too quiet there are no like headlines or stories or anything like that like i said there's nothing to talk about on the on the injury report for the rams and the only thing worth uh talking about on the Bears side is trubisky and he's gonna play so it's like there's really nothing to it but to do it uh apparently because there's uh not a whole lot going on between these two teams. Nobody's talking trash. Um, nobody's uh, saying or making any any outlandish claims of saying, you know, we're going to win or we're going to beat them by 50 or anything like that. Not even on the Rams side. No one's saying a thing. And um, they just want to go out there and do all their talking on the field. And more power to them. That is awesome, uh, actually. So um, I'm going to get over to our guest, Brad Mater, from the Locked on Rams uh, podcast. But before I do that, I want to make an announcement, and I don't want to put it at the end of the show. Um, If you got a sticker, and I don't mean like if you have received one because I haven't sent them out yet, but if you have earned a sticker, either send me a DM on Twitter or send me a message, a private message on Facebook with your information so that I can get them out. I found a little box of uh, stationary Christmas cards um, in a drawer, and... uh, I finally found the perfect vessel to send these uh, send these stickers uh, to people, so I can finally start getting them uh, out. They're almost all gone, so um, maybe we'll we'll do something a little bit later on uh, to to finally get rid of the last few. But um, if my math is correct, send me a DM, give me your address, tell me how many I owe you. I'll compare that to my records. I will get them out uh, as soon as I can. Hopefully this weekend. I'll make a a trip to the post office, get them all out at once. But uh, send me send me that information because everybody that um, that um, uh, sent me proof of uh, subscribing to the podcast, I'm following you now. So you can send me a direct message. And everyone on Facebook who did the like and share with the audio clip, send me a message on on Facebook as well with your information so that I can get those out to you. And if you've sent it to me before, send it again because I probably didn't get it the first time around. So if you sent it to me before, send it again, and uh, I will start getting those out so you can get them. They'll be coming in a Christmas card or a uh, holiday card if you are so inclined. So uh, anyway, that's my major announcement for the news and notes section. If you want your sticker, send me your information, and I'll get it out to you as soon as I can. Um, and that is going to do that. So we're going to go ahead, bring on Brad Mater from the Locked on Rabs podcast to help us preview this marquee matchup of week 14, Bears versus the Rams. In the 2018 season, this is by far the biggest one the Bears have played so far, coming off of a shocking loss to the New York Giants uh, on Sunday. They now have to prepare, but they'll at least be at home when they face the L.A. Rams on Sunday night football, a game so intriguing that three weeks ago the NFL took it from its original 
noon Sunday kickoff time and put it on the national stage. And here to help me preview this big-time matchup between the Bears and the Rams, a possible uh, divisional or, dare I say, NFC championship preview, uh, Brad Mater from Locked on Rams. Brad, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. You're right. This is an awesome game. NFL got this one right, flexing it into Sunday night. And if we do see this in the NFC Championship game, a little different weather. Obviously, you know, we'd hope that would be out here in California and, right. uh, you know, late game and a little bit different. But, hey, this is some good, fun, entertaining football watch. I, I agree. And and if there is a, a, a rematch, uh, I, I don't uh, bemoan the weather that we'll be facing. And and what I mean by that is um, one of our worst performances of the year was after the bye. So we're kind of rusty, I guess. I don't know if Nagy gave the guys too much rest. We came in with about half a tank against the Miami Dolphins week six in Miami when it was 95 and a thousand degrees, you know, humid and everything. There really is no such thing as humidity in Los Angeles. So Maybe we'll have to deal with some heat, but it won't be weighing down on us. So if we have to play the Rams in L.A. in one of those uh, playoff games, weather won't be much of a factor, unless, of course, it rains, which why wouldn't it? Because it's the Bears. So anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so one loss in, in 12 games, that, that's got to suck, right? Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun year over here at, at Lockdown Rams covering covering this team and following them along and watching them, you know, because uh, they haven't been all easy wins, right? We've had right. a lot of close games, and we beat the Seahawks twice on a fourth down conversion, one on defense, one on offense. Obviously that insane game versus the Chiefs. But, yeah, I mean, no complaints here. I mean, McVay, two years in a row going over the 11-win mark. I mean, that's the first time as a rookie head coach that uh, someone's done that. So he, I mean, there's no complaint forms needed out here in L.A. This team, it's just been fun to watch, and there's something different you can tell from this team and last year's team how how far they've come as far as owning, um, you know, this attitude about we're a good football team, and they're out there proving it week in week out. And you know what? And we've been drawing parallels to the Bears and the Rams for the last two years now. Um, we were all, and last year was all about hope. Let's hope that the Bears can be the 2018 Rams, you know, the, 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 you know, the team that was, okay, here they come. They got the second year uh, quarterback, the first year head coach, and, you know, they, they got some, the, some weapons to go around. Um, uh, Jared Goff, and boom, you guys are off and running 11 and 5. You win the division, you make a playoff, you, you, fall, up, you fall short in the wild card round, but everybody knows the Rams have arrived. They're going to be that team. Uh, in 2018 I feel like that's what we're doing in Chicago we have the first year head coach the second right. year quarterback we have all the tools the defense stepped up like the Rams defense stepped up last year uh, we have tons of playmakers on both sides of the football we're making a run when nobody really expected us to like maybe we were supposed to make some noise but to be where we're at at this point in the season nobody was really expecting that and even the eternal optimist that I am I was thinking maybe eight wins, maybe nine before the season started. When Khalil Mack came into the situation, I was thinking, okay, well, I can think definitely nine, maybe ten if we get a break or two. Now I think ten is the, is the basement and not the ceiling of, of what this team uh, can accomplish uh, in the next four weeks. And, and it's uh, amazing that you know the, the growth that we've seen from year one to two with the Rams is what I hope to see with the Bears uh, next year. Yeah, it's crazy the similarities as you're talking about, you know, first year head coach, second year quarterback. 
um, taking that step when a lot of people, yeah, thought there was some talent there and maybe some wins were going to happen and some definite improvement. But taking that big jump and jumping back into the playoffs, I mean, Andrew Whitworth talked about it yesterday for the Rams, talking about the comparisons of last year's team and this year's team and said a lot of the similar things that we're saying. But he kind of talked about the mentality was – they were just excited to get everyone on the same page, to win some ball games, to get a playoff appearance. Like that was the win for them. They were excited to get obviously every team coming in thinks, okay, we can go further, we can go further. But he kind of described this mentality of like getting all those pieces together and getting eleven wins and getting to the playoffs. That was cool enough for them. They they were excited about that first step, knowing that they hadn't had a lot of time together. But transitioning into this year, you know. And a few really big names in the free agent market being that much more cohesive in what they did last year, that the expectations were no longer just winning games and shocking people, but that they really thought they had something special. Kind of funny to watch these Bears go and do that same thing where, you know, here they are pretty much, I don't want to say a guarantee for the playoffs, but they're going to have to do some bad things to not make the playoffs, not get a playoff appearance. Right. And, you know, that's that first step of putting it together. And, and as you start to gel and, Trubisky starts to get more and more comfortable in Nagy's offense, and, and that defense continues to grow because there's young players on that side of the field. Actually, both sides. But, uh, you know, you can really see uh, these two teams, as we're talking about Rams and Bears, really being a long-term staple as far as NFC, um, you know, making noise late late in the year. And that goes for Casey on, on, you know, the AFC side. But there's a lot of young teams that are moving the football around and and then you throw in with the Bears case. I mean, you throw in a top five defense and, you know, you can be really dangerous at a certain point. But I'm not sure if it's this year, uh, but the the, guy, the direction that you guys are trending is is amazing. And, and one that the Rams saw, um, you know, kind of come to fruition this year. Right. I mean, and, and the, the mentality change that you talked about with Andrew Whitworth, it was like you said, you know, last year making it to the playoffs, winning the division. That was the win for them. And I feel like that's that's the kind of mentality the Bears have, whereas this year we're just going to be happy to be there. Next year we're going to expect to be there. Just like the 2018 right. Rams, after they got there last year, now they expect to go back and to do even better than they did before. And that's where that's that's the trend that I'm hoping that the Bears were following. Whereas last year people are like, man, the Bears are really doing something. They're putting some wins together. I mean, maybe we should be talking about the Bears kind of thing to a year from now. I'd be like, all right, let's talk about these 2019 Bears and where we expect them to be and, and things like that, just like they did with the Rams this year, just like we'll be doing with the Chiefs next year. God, I hope they keep it together, man. I hope losing Kareem Hunt doesn't hurt them as badly as some people think it might because, you know, yeah. I think you and I talked about this before. They really could use some new blood in the AFC, and and seeing the Chiefs get there would be a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And and Hunt, amazing player, but amazingly stupid player. time, And it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they bounce back with that. And, I mean, filling in a position, they've got the – you know, the franchise tight end, they've got the wide receiver in Hill, they've got the quarterback, their defense obviously can use some improvement, but you throw in another running back and there is a guy uh, by the name of Le'Veon Bell out there who can really have his picking and choosing on where he wants to go. And that's I mean, true. that's, you, you start looking at possibilities of free agency and, and through the draft that I don't think it's going to hurt them as much um, in the, in the long term. I mean, you look at a, a player's impact and you can talk about, you know, how much can it really affect you? I mean, you take away Aaron Donald from our defense and we'd be in big trouble or you take <laughs> away 
uh, you know, if you go down to New Orleans and take away Drew Brees out of the quarterback position, replacing him. But Kareem Hunt, although dominant player and did really well, I think he's a little bit more replaceable sure. uh, than some of these other players around the NFL. But you're right. A lot of young teams, a little changing of the guard. I mean, you know, I all respect Tom Brady for doing it in and year out, but I'm just kind of tired of a New England Patriots in the Super Bowl type of deal. So I hope that someone can knock them off on that AFC side to uh, get some new faces in the Super Bowl this year. Agreed. So looking at the schedule, and, you know, as you mentioned a few moments ago, it hasn't all been easy wins. 11-1 and one has been tougher uh, than it sounds. Uh, the first real test of the season was that Thursday night game against Minnesota, that shootout where you guys literally went back and forth like watching somebody play a game of Madden. 38-31, you guys come up on top there. Then that first narrow victory over the Seahawks, followed by another narrow victory on the road at Denver. You know, Talk about those three games, bang, bang, bang. Those were the, or the earliest threats to the perfect record. Yeah, that was the first of really tough games for us and I think the the big one for us even was on that short week coming into that Thursday night game at home there was a lot of talks about you know how's the crowd going to show up I mean early early in the season in LA it's just tough in the Coliseum that holds 90,000 people that's kind of a rundown stadium that's currently under construction while you're at the game there's cranes hanging over the stadium (laughs) it's kind of a trippy feeling but uh, it's not the best place to go see a game in L.A. There's tons of things going on at all times. And, you know, they opened up. I think it was like the Cardinals was one of their first home games. And they had the Chargers was a, another good home game. But that's when the crowd really came out that night game, big primetime game. Uh, we we saw that our offense could could go and win us a game. And, and really when they needed to, our defense was not helping out. We had Marcus Peters, who was really banged up, but played in that game. Lieb was out. That was the first game that he was out. So our defense was adjusting on the fly, and it was kind of this moment of being like, okay, that's the that's the team that beat Sean McVay last year. Uh, his one of his only that and uh, New Orleans are Sean McVay's only road losses of his career as a Ram, which is crazy. But uh, it was kind of a revenge game for them as well. And then obviously going in and beating the Seahawks up in Seattle is always amazing. And that was crazy. And that came down to Sean Bay talked about it earlier in the year when we had Greg Zerline go out for a little bit. and We had a little kicker trouble. Uh, He said, hey, there's going to be a point where we're going to have a fourth and short. And because that game that Zerline went out, they went for two a couple times, like three or four times in that game. They converted a bunch. And he said, you know, that gives me confidence to know that we can execute in short yard situations up in Seattle, fourth and one, you, you make it, you win the game, and we call a time, or I think Seattle called the timeout. We're walking off the field, we're ready to punt, and our team went in Coach McVay's ear and basically said, dude, let's do this. Like We, we can go get a yard right now, and they send the offense back out. Jared Goff sneak up the middle. I mean, it was a big like mental win for those guys on the road in Seattle. Seattle, who's owned this division for a long time. And just go and, and basically not give them a chance. So that was huge. And then and then the game in Denver, which I think gives a lot of confidence coming into this game in Chicago because everyone's talking about the, how are they going to deal with uh, Chicago in December at night down by the lake and all that stuff. Well, we played in the coldest game registered in the NFL in the last like 30 years in Denver. And uh, it was a close game. And I think the score reflects a little bit closer of a game than it actually was. They scored a late touchdown. Uh, went for an onside kick, didn't get it. But uh, knowing that they can go on the road, play at altitude in an extremely cold 
environment against a team at the time that was a little bit in the struggles. I think they were lose. I think they were losers of two or three in a row at that point. Uh, they bounced back to play well. But if you kind of step back and look at the Rams' schedule as a whole, there was a lot of talk early on about, oh, they're not playing anybody. Look at their division and blah, blah, blah. If you, if you take a look at the playoff standings right now, the Rams are, are second as far as toughest overall schedule throughout the Only the Ravens uh, have a tougher schedule throughout the year. So we had a very tough schedule throughout the year. And the crazy thing is the flip of the switch in the fourth quarter of this schedule we actually have one of the easiest schedules to finish the season, which is kind of like the most, I don't want to say relaxing way to get it, but you know, you kind of, you busted your butt for three fourths of the, of the season. And then last, you know, you get Arizona and you get, uh, I think we also play 49ers yeah. and Eagles are playing a little bit better, but um, again, don't have that crazy good record to finish. And that's a home game. So uh, it's good to see that we've gone through the gauntlet and this is probably the last uh, really challenge challenge game that we have on our schedule i think the eagles game is another gonna be a good one but uh this is a this is gonna be a really test out here you know can you go again on the road you won that big game against casey uh at home it was supposed to be at neutral site i was actually down in mexico uh, i planned <laughs> on going to that game and it got i was like well screw it i've got a five-day vacation planned i'm still going to mexico but um you know this one is on the road a true challenge in the cold night in prime time we're three and oh in prime time games so uh we hope to continue that but man this bears defense um you know has has been able to win games and, and they may have to with i'm not sure how healthy trubisky is and whatnot but uh this same schedule they've they've earned it every week and i think that's part of it it's funny to see a team that has a record as they do right now and still have a chip on their shoulder yeah, I mean, and and it's been impressive, you know, these these close games, especially the four right before the bye, uh, the Green Bay game that was a that was a crazy finish uh, to that one. Uh, obviously, the, the New Orleans game was a disappointment, and and uh, but you come back the week later, you beat Seattle in a close one, and then you know probably the best Monday Night Football of all time, uh, Monday Night Football game of all time between the Chiefs and the the Rams. I mean, just ridiculous what was taking place. Uh, during that game 105 points the first team to score 50 points and lose and uh, everything else uh, <laughs> in between but it, it showed a lot of metal the on the on the on the part of the Rams to be able to you know because they are labeled as one of the league's best you're going to have to take everyone's best punch and everyone's going to bring their best punch when it comes to playing you and to be able to survive all all of you know all of those tests except for losing a game on the road in a place where almost nobody ever wins, you know, you've been able to withstand it all so far. Yeah. And, and you talked about, you know, that tough stretch of, you know, the Packers game, the Seattle, and then the New Orleans game. I think the biggest thing we can take out of that New Orleans game, even in a loss was I think we were down 35, 14 at one point or something crazy like that. It was a three touchdown game and, you know, everyone's thinking this thing's over and the way that they fought back, and got yeah we didn't win the game you know we blew that last six minutes of the game and and really kind of gave it right back to them after clawing back into them but it's weird how you can take away things uh, from a close loss like that and really build character and this team again I talked about that chip on their shoulder but um, every game has gotten them ready for that next big matchup and and what I love about Jared Goff is he's he never gets overexcited whether it's a touchdown or an interception or anything bad. Uh, the most we saw him was when he got that fourth down conversion I talked about earlier up in Seattle. He jumped up, kind of spiked the ball and did like a first down, you know, pump and 
And everyone's like, whoa, look at Jared Goff. He's freaking out, man. And it's like, <laughs> that's the most emotion he showed all year. And I really think it plays to big moments. And, and you saw it in that Chiefs game where the last four minutes of that game, you know, I think there were 35 points scored in the fourth quarter. And it was like touchdown, 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 back to back to back right there. And, and he never blinked. He never got the moment was never too big to, for him. And I think that's what is really exciting about this football team is the composure. You know, Sean McVay always seems calm, cool, collected on the sideline. And it just kind of goes right in through to his quarterback. And he's got some you know, veteran linemen up front that can kind of keep things steady as far as his line goes. But you know, he moves in the pocket well, and, and if he throws a pick, it doesn't bother him. If he's down 14, it doesn't bother him. If he's up 10, you know, he's got that same mentality. And I think that, you know, as we start to transition into the late part of the game and coming on the road and having playoff-type atmospheres is really what's going to kind of set us apart from some other teams uh, we haven't seen that as much from Patrick Mahomes as we're talking young guys. And even Mitch Trubitsky, I know he's played a couple uh, primetime games. He's had a couple, you know, big matchups that one against Minnesota a couple weeks ago that was on primetime that, uh, you know, he played pretty well. But I'm curious on what your thoughts are on, on him, you know, sitting out for the last two weeks and then jumping into this big, big matchup and how, you know, he's going to kind of handle that. Well, um it's talking about precedent and and the precedent being uh, when and even though it's a completely different position and has a different impact on the game, Khalil Mack was held out for for two games after after, um, you know, he suffered that ankle injury in in Miami, tried to play through it against New England and was ineffective. So we sat him for for one week. He, he was most likely ready to play in Buffalo, but we sat him again to get him ready for that three-game divisional stretch that we had coming up with Detroit, Minnesota, and then Detroit again all inside of 11 days. Uh, same thing with Allen Robinson. He could have played against Buffalo as well, but we held him to get him rested for the important part of the schedule. I feel like you know they said that if push came to shove, if we played you guys last week, Mitch Trubisky would have played. Um, so I right. mean, he was he was throwing uh, before warm during warmups and. Uh, in in the game on Sunday uh, in in New York, and if if it came down to it, uh, he would have played. But you know, resting him. I mean, it's all hindsight. And with the way Chase Daniel played, obviously, it looks like we made the wrong call not playing Mitch if he could have been able to play. I did not have a problem with it. I did not expect Chase Daniel to play the way he did uh, against the uh, against the Giants. That was a definite uh, definite surprise to a lot of people. Um, but I feel like Mitch is going to be fine. Like it, hopefully, any rust that he has won't be detrimental in the in the in the early parts uh, of the game. Like the rust won't be he lets one sail and the Rams take it back, uh, kind of thing. As long as it's you know like maybe he put one at so and so's toes or something like that, and that's his rust that I can live with. And and uh, and you know we'll, we'll live to fight another series or. Or what have you? Because I think this game, the matchup of the game, is your offense and our defense. If we can, you know, keep you guys under a hundred on Sunday, I think that we'll have a chance to uh, to go head to head with you. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing when you look at Rams offense and and you, you know talk to many of people as we do matches throughout the week and you know how do you stop this Rams offense? What's it going to take to get a victory against this Rams offense? And you really, I mean, you gotta you got to find a way to stop them from going over 30 points. That's like their magic number. It seems like, I mean, even last week 
we played a horrible game in Detroit and we, we pop up 30 points on the board and we get a win and you know, we win by, I think it was like 13, 14 points or something like that. And we played terrible and against a team that we should have beat and we should have beat by, you know, that or more, but uh, to, to beat this game, to beat this team, you're right. You have to, uh, you have to limit them. And, and one of the ways to do that, and I don't know if the bears uh, have this in their offensive style, cause they kind of have a similar offense as the Rams is they really like to move the ball vertically, uh, but you got to have some time control. You got to take the ball away from Jared Goff, not allow him to have, you know, 30 passing attempts or Todd Gurley to have 25 rushing. Uh, it's a, that I say all the time on our podcast, but uh, Sean McVay is undefeated when he wins the time of possession. So, I mean, and that's in two seasons. That's crazy. And I know stats can always be, you know, moved around and, and fun, but that's pretty straightforward. If he has the ball more than you, he's going to beat you. And the one way that you can do that is by trying to create long drives, get some turnovers as far as, I mean, that's something you guys do. I mean, you have two of the top five interception leaders on the team in, in Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller. So, right. I mean, you guys know how to get takeaways, but uh, that's, I mean, those are the keys as far as what I'm thinking for, for you guys to even have a, have a chance to, cause you got to give Jurbitsky, like you said, there's got to be a couple balls in the dirt kind of warming up. Cause the injury, if I'm not, if, if, if I'm mistaken was, was a shoulder injury, right? His throwing shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's gotta be some rust, whether, you know, whether he could have played last week or not. Um, so you got to make sure that he can have sustainable drives. Uh, looking and talk to me a little bit because I'm I'm a little weak on this, but the run game. Obviously, I know about uh, uh, Cohen's had you know some really big games, but um, have you guys been able to establish the run over the past couple weeks to help out Chase Daniels? Well, against uh, against the Lions, no. Uh, against the Giants, we started to in the first half. Jordan Howard had 68 yards uh, rushing. Uh, in in that in the first half of that game, but it's like in the second half, the Giants owned the third quarter. Uh, they came out, they started with the football in the third quarter. They got that touchdown uh, on the first drive. The Bears couldn't answer with their own, and then the Giants went on like a thirteen play, sixty yard drive that gobbled up all these all this time, and they put a touchdown on top of it. So now we're down by ten and running the football, even though we've got in the entire fourth quarter to work with kind of really isn't an option uh, at right. this point when you're down two scores in the fourth quarter. So the it was all because we 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 couldn't get off the field in the third quarter. Not really sure why that was, but from a it was I guess it was good adjustments or bad luck for the Bears because they were like 1 for 6, 1 for 7 on third down in the first in the first half and they did much much better uh in the in the second half as far as converting uh and and getting their third downs uh uh and such, but you know, Jordan Howard was able to run the ball much better in the first in the in the game against the the Giants before basically we had to take our focus away from it. So, um, you know, it's overall as far as the season is concerned, not really. No, it's actually surprisingly one of our weaknesses on offense is running the football, which is hilarious considering it was the only bullet we had in the chamber right. last year. <laughs> right. You know, right. Jordan well, Howard was face, facing eight and nine-man boxes last year, still managed to rush for over 1,100 yards. This year, I think he'll be lucky to crack 800. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of fantasy owners that aren't too happy about that switch in game plan either because <laughs> a lot of people were jumping on that board going, hey, man, look at those numbers last year. That He's all they got. They got this young quarterback. They're going to keep doing that. They kind of switch. Uh, Nag coming in, and like we said, you know, they kind of moving the football down vertically, but – 
Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to do it against the Rams because it's a great way to eat up some clock. And the Rams haven't been amazing against the run. So they're, they're, we're kind of vulnerable against that. Uh, we do have to lead back. It's kind of did the power in our defense as far as allowing us to do what we really want to do all season and how we started the season out playing really great as a defense. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to play. But running the ball is going to be a big thing for you guys, especially early, because if if you allow Jared Goff to have a couple early possessions and go up 10 points early and all of a sudden, you know, now we know you can't run the ball because like you said, I know that was in the fourth quarter versus the Giants, but you start to you know, play into how the game is going. You know, coaches kind of get caught up right. in, oh, crap, I got to start passing the ball. And you start to go away from your game plan. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you become one-dimensional and you put a lot on a guy that hasn't played in a couple weeks. But um, that's all going to kind of play itself out in the first, you know, quarter or so. But I wanted to, you mentioned something there with the Giants and the loss and how the how kind of the, you know, the game plan went in and Chase Daniels didn't play as well. How do you think mentally that does? Because I was watching that game and I was torn because I didn't know who I wanted to root for. Like, do I want to root for the Bears so they come in with the, you know that much better of a record? It makes the game that much better and they're you know high on 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 a win. Or do I want them to lose and they're coming a little defeated? Or maybe they come in pissed off because they just lost to the Giants. I, I didn't know right. how to root for that game, so I was just kind of letting it play out. But how do you think they're going to respond to? You know, losing to a Giants team that what I think that's their second or third win of the year, maybe the third win of the year. So actually, I know the four. Okay, win on the road. Obviously, never easy to get a road win. But uh, do you think they just shake that one off, or do you think it still sits with them a little bit? I think both. I mean, I think what what's going to sit with them is that they came up short. They they lost the game. However, they brought that thing all the way back from with a minute fifty. They're down ten. And they managed right. to get the field goal, get the onside, which I thought Nagy was out of his mind taking the field <laughs> goal and gambling on the onside kick. I was like, right. what are, it's like, what are the odds? And then what I'm asking that, it's like three of 38 for the season on onside kicks. Great. What is that? Like 2% if that? You know, yeah. it's like, give me a Just break, man. Just kick it man. right to Odell. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did, which is hilarious. And yeah. and Odell Beckham goes to swat the football instead of landing yeah. on top of it. And Daniel Brown somehow beats a tight end, for Christ's sake, beat Odell Beckham to the football. And the next thing you know, Cohen makes that big catch to get us inside the red zone. And we're scoring a touchdown on a modified Philly special uh, play yeah. on the last play in regulation. And I thought that's I thought we won the game on that play, as in, We've got the momentum. We've got this thing by the throat. This is a losing football team that probably just got demoralized by everything that just happened in the last minute and a half. And instead, they won the toss. They ran the football down our throats. They kicked a field goal, and then we can't, we can't answer. And that's where it falls short. So um, like you were talking about before, um, coming back against the, the, the New Orleans Saints, and you guys were down three touchdowns. You came back on the road in a very tough place and made a football game out of it at the very least. You still came away with the loss, but you didn't lose 45-14. to 14. You lost 45-35. to 35. You came back and, right. and, and made, a, made, a, made a game out of it. Same thing with the Bears. With less than two minutes to go, we're down 10, looking like we're just struggling to, to make this game relevant. And we went ahead and, and put ourselves in position to win. And I think, if anything, that's what they're going to take away from it. But maybe even take a little bit of anger away from the fact that we lost to a 3-8 and eight football team, regardless of where it happened, on the road, at home. 
you know. So I, I hope that there's a little bit of a chip. Also, the fact that probably there's some, uh, you know, some animosity that uh, the national media is like, yeah, this is the Rams all the way. All the way the Rams are going to win this game. Never mind that it's on the road. Never mind that the Bears are basically – they play their best football at home this year. We're 5-1, and one, and, you know, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been fun watching the Bears play in Soldier Field for a change. And, um, yeah, so I think maybe that's kind of the mentality I hope that they're taking into it. I, I know the way that Nagy is acting that, um, you know, there was – Sunday was more of a moral victory kind of thing, being able to put themselves in a position yeah. to win when it looked like it, like all was lost. But, uh, you know, also taking the fact, like, dude, we lost this game we shouldn't have, so now we got a lot to prove against the, the Rams on Sunday. So we, we still got a lot of work to do, despite the fact that we almost pulled this off. Yeah, a couple things I was shocked, actually. I mean, because you guys, I mean, the whole decision of Chase Daniels starting that game, you talked about uh, Mitch was probably healthy enough to play if it was the Rams or if it was a much-needed game, but you have a little bit of leeway in your division. And as far as everyone else behind you right. isn't looking too great. And they're they're pretty far behind you. And you own a lot of uh, the head-to-head matchups there. So I think they were a little comfortable with, okay, we don't really need this game. So let's rest up, get ready for moving forward. But I was surprised that you're down 10, like you mentioned, under a minute and a half. You come back all the way back. You get an onside kick. You're with your backup quarterback. You just had Cohen throw a touchdown pass to you know essentially tie this thing up. I don't understand why they don't go for the win there and go for two points yeah, and I... just just roll it all and just go, hey, look, we got our backup quarterback. We shouldn't be in this ball game anyway. We got an onside kick. Like, let's roll the dice all the way because our momentum is so flying over. Instead, you get the break. They get the ball. They, You know, you mentioned all those things that happened and, and you lose the ball game. That was what really surprised me is I can kind of understand – you know, letting Mitch rest again because of, of the record. And you probably don't have a shot for, you know, a number two seed. Maybe you win. Maybe maybe the Saints really lose a couple here. I mean, they've got a tough schedule, and, and you guys could slide into a two spot or something like that. But, you know, they're thinking just get to the playoffs, stay healthy. But that was the that was the surprise for me was just, just go for two there. You got the momentum, and if yeah. you lose, you lose. You did all this to get back uh, – but, you know, I'm sure that's something that Nagy's probably either, you know, kicking himself or thinking about how he would do it differently. But, again, that moral victory, it does go a long way because, you know, as a coach, you know, as a motivator, you can get in there and say, look, guys, we were out of that game, but you guys fought. You never gave up. Right. Now we got this team coming in. We can't be pouty about it because these guys don't care what happened last week. And we got our home crowd behind us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all these things line up for, you know, an amazing Sunday night football game. I agree. So let's talk uh, predictions here because uh, and I'll let you go first. You're my guest. Um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, like you talked about how the Rams, uh, you know, they, they fight, they, they stay in, they they keep coming back. That's very much been what we've seen from the Bears this year. They've they've lost four games. The widest margin of defeat has been seven to the New England Patriots. And in those four games, you could you could honestly say in all four matchups and the only one that you could that you'd be pushing it a bit would be that New England game because they were up 14 in the fourth quarter and and right. you know so the game wasn't quite as close as the final score would have you indicate but we did catch a Hail Mary at the 1 yard line and get stopped so we had a chance to tie that game but you know we we lost by 1 to Green Bay week 1 on the road on Sunday night football we lost by 3 in overtime to the Dolphins that game we should have won cuz we kicked a field goal in overtime and missed it 
and then the following week <laughs> against New England, we come up short. And then in this game, we had no business, as the way we played for three and a half quarters, no business being in a, in a position to win, and we almost did. And I talked about that, that, that moment on my show uh, when I was doing my review and saying that, honestly, I was happy with whatever Nagy wanted to do. Obviously, I, it would have been nice to see him go for two and just win the game and get it over with, but I also felt, like I talked about a second ago, that with what we had just accomplished, what we just pulled off, I got no problem going to overtime thinking that we've, we've got them. We've knocked them down. Right. We came back. They thought this game was over, and we came back and stole it from them, and now we're going to go into overtime and finish the job. So I was okay with either decision. Obviously, it didn't work out, so we probably should have gone for two, and if we lose, we lose. Then you know It's still an amazing finish no matter what happens, um, but it was just kind of a letdown the way that overtime went driving the football, kicking the field goal, and then watching the <laughs> offense stumble its way through that drive there at the end. But, um, you know, considering all that, everything the Rams have been through, taking into consideration the Bears, how they play at home, the weather, what could be going down that night, what do you see happening on Sunday? Whew, yeah, um, I'm excited about this game. And Me I'm too. obviously a little bit anxious and, and a little nervous. I've got a lot of Chicago ties, so I've got a lot of people in my DM right now and in my inbox talking trash. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to stay level-headed here. But it's really hard when you have a team that only has one loss and you're like, well, I mean, what else would I think is going to happen? I mean, we've won every other game except for that Saints game we talked about. That was crazy. Um, I think really what's going to happen here is our offense has done this a couple times um, throughout the year. And Jared Goff had one of his uh, – probably his worst game last game. And I don't expect him – to have back-to-back -back games uh, like that. Sean McVay is one of those master motivators, one of those very, uh, you know, film guys that can go in the room and just go, here, here's what you did wrong, this, this, and this. Let's work on that this week, and let's get back to what we did so great. So I think we're going to see Jared Goff back to the form that we've seen him most of the season, which is putting up points and hitting guys with accuracy, uh, moving the football. You know, you know about, you know, Cooks and Woods. Those are our two guys that, you know, on the offense. And then obviously Todd Gurley. I think it's really going to come down to our tight ends, uh, Higby, Gerald Everett, and then Josh Reynolds. That, that secondary wave of offense for us, if they can step up and actually be productive, which they weren't last week, um, and then the previous three weeks they were. They were productive, and it opens up that offense. If they can come and be an you know, a, a part of this offense, I think that the Bears are in trouble just because I think Jared Goff is going to go out and just go, all right, Mitch, you're going to have to score more points than me. I know you got this awesome D, and I know, you know, there's a lot of things you have to, you know, put into consideration. Uh, but just the way that he is so creative, when I say he, Sean McVay, in play calling, he's going to move that defense around and make easy throws. And then Todd Gurley is just going to do what he does. And, I mean, it's like – uh, I think he's up to 16, 17 touchdowns on the season, something like that. So uh, we just got to get him 19. So we got to get him near the red zone, and and he's going to produce something that he's known that he's you know done for us all season. I think it's going to be tough for Mitch to go out there and score over 30 points uh, coming off those two weeks off, coming into a defense with the Rams that is finally coming together. Played one of their best games, only gave up three points in the first half to the Lions, which. You know, it's not crazy to brag about. It's the Lions. They've struggled offensively. But for the Rams, that's a big win. I mean, they haven't done that all year. They've got to lead back. So I think that's going to help them in the secondary and allow uh, the rest of the players to kind of get back to focusing on what they do. Aaron Donald, just like Mac on the other side, is just almost guaranteed for one or two 
big plays a game, and, and that's that goes for the same for Mac. You, know, you got to limit those on the other side. But I'm looking at like a 34-28 ball game. Hmm. Uh, so that would be what a six point win for the Rams. And I think it comes down to uh, you know for us, I'm hoping we get out to a, to an early start. Uh, maybe get a turnover or two throughout the game, and it leaves that up to Mitch to try to have to come back and and chase in the second half. And I think they're just going to fall short with points. I think that's going to be their big thing is just Mitch trying to create offense uh, that's sustainable enough to keep up with Jared Goff because uh, we've seen it before where Jared you know just keeps losing lead and they keep giving the ball back and he's like, all right, I'll just go score another touchdown. I'll just go score another touchdown. And I think that's the type of game that we're going to need from Jared Goff to win this game. But 34-28 is the way I see this one. Right. I'm not going to dwindle it down to a score. I, I don't want to really put a number on it. but Because I, th- I think I'm looking at, or we're looking at, one of two outcomes. We're looking at feast or famine. We're looking at a big win you know, for the Rams that we're just not on their level yet. Better luck next year. We're both going to be first-place teams. We will see you guys again. Um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be like a, at least a, a two-score victory for the Rams, or it's going to be a... Or it's going to be 50-50 as far as, like, close game. Maybe the Rams, yeah. like they've done this year, win by a field goal or by two points, or the Bears win close because they were able to, you know, contain the Rams and score just enough to to win. That's what I think we're looking at on Sunday because um, I don't think – I mean, it's possible. It's the NFL. Crazier things have happened. I, You know, we've seen the Bears rack up over 40 points more than once uh, this season so it's not impossible to think that we could put an offensive game plan together that will that will light up the scoreboard it's just right. that you know Aaron Donald on the tear that he's on Aqib Tlaib being back and kind of solidifying the secondary whereas you guys are kind of getting picked apart uh, at times uh, in that in that in that stretch where with uh, with the with the, the sorry with the Chiefs the Saints the Packers and things like that you know now you've got Tlaib back you know, had that 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 warm up game, if you will, with the, with the Lions last week. Now you get yeah. to play a team that's got actually some some actual talent on the offensive side uh, of the ball. I, I really think it's either going to be a big win for the Rams or a tight win for either team. You know, I, I do lean more towards the Rams. If I if I had to put a bet on it, I would probably put the the bet on the Rams winning. But if the Bears win, it'll be a tight win. If they if they win, because I had a similar conversation when the Bears were getting ready to play the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers were lighting up the scoreboard those first few weeks of the season, I thought either the Buccaneers were going to blow us out or the Bears were going to win a close game. So hopefully I'm wrong again, and the Bears destroy the Rams, <laughs> and that would just be the most amazing thing ever. But I think it's more likely to go that way, where it's it's either a tight win for the Bears or the Rams, one of the you know, like a field goal or a, you know, a one score game, like you said, 34, 28, or I think the Rams will be the, you know, the, like, not just yet guys. And, you know, 42 to 27 or something uh, in that range, if I have to put a, a number on it. Yeah. I, I would love to see a big blowout win. Unfortunately, I, I don't say, I don't think the Rams, they, they haven't had it in them yet. They haven't had a big, I mean, early in the season, we had a couple games where, I mean, Arizona and, uh, you know, we handled the 49ers pretty well, but those are very low end teams in the NFL. We've kept everything really interesting. I mean, my blood pressure has gone up over this season just from watching them uh, play all those tight games. Expect, 
I do expect a close game. If we go and say, even even if we say you guys aren't on this level yet, we're going to allow you to stay in the game because <laughs> McVay has some risky calls. He likes, I mean, there was one, um, even when we played, I'm trying to think if this was even the Seattle game when they got the ball back and we had, we had, Oh, no, it was the Kansas City game, and we, we got an interception. There was like a minute something left, and we're like, oh, this game's over. And we came out, and we threw the ball a couple times, and we had a couple of incompletions, and we're like, what yes. are we doing? Oh, like, my God, I remember yes. that. So, and that's yeah, exactly so, what I was thinking. like, what is McVay doing? <laughs> yeah. You have Todd yeah, Gurley, I, dude, run the ball. Yeah. And instead, yeah, you like, know, those short incompletions, you're giving the ball back to Kansas City. Exactly. Heart attack city. And we're thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Why do we do? But at the same time, if we complete those, we move the ball. Suddenly we love his aggressiveness. It kind of right. goes back to that two point conversion for Nagy. It's like, what are you doing? Why don't you go for two? When he goes for two, you're like, why would you go for two? Play yeah. two. So there's no way they could go to, to make you happy with that. I mean, if they execute, it's great. Right. But uh, I think that's what happens with the Rams is they're going to continue to push the boundaries we got marcus peters who's always very risky so you know giving up the big play happens a lot with us and um you know i i, I just, i'm with you though i think it's going to be a close one and uh that home field advantage you mentioned you're five and one home uh you know that that's your house you got to protect so i expect the crowd to be extremely into it and, and oh, that's yeah. going to play a factor so uh awesome awesome game i can't wait i wish i like talking about it today i'm like i just want to hang this up and go turn on the tv and watch oh, the game absolutely I, I agree and and just a little fun uh tidbit uh, i found this uh channel on youtube over the summer uh right after madden came out this channel was uh simulating the nfl season and going okay. through it game by game by you know week to week and of course i was you know checking out to see where they thought the bears might be or how it was simulating uh and everything first of all the rams finished 15 and 1 and won oh, the Super Bowl. Okay. So hey, I, I like yeah. this channel already. Right, but the interesting thing was was that the one of the tightest games they played all year because it basically showed the Rams win by just under three or four hundred points in these simulations. And the one tough game they played was at Chicago against the Bears. And then in the NFC Championship game, we had a rematch where you just beat oh. us by it. Like, once again, we were the only team that contained you but came up just short once again. So uh, we were a 9-7 and seven division champ. I don't think that's going to happen. But we were division champs and met the Rams in the NFC Championship game. So we might be talking again in a few weeks to preview a ball game between us. Uh, you know, the, you are the last optical, obstacle between us and a date <laughs> in Atlanta. So, uh Let's let's uh, let's all go to bed at night and and pray to the Lord of football gods and say let's make this happen because Brad and I need to talk one more time this year. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to come back on and talk some football with you. I have a blast. Thanks for always having me, guys. Go go uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at la underscore rambling bear or at locked on rams. That's where our show is. We do five days a week of Rams content. I know you guys are all Bears fans, but if you ever want to. Uh, listening on, you know, when we get to the playoffs and as that matchup starts getting close, I'd love to talk to you again. And, and I would love that matchup. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Get some Chicago people out here in LA and, uh, you know, throw it down for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, we travel well, so we'll be out there in spades, especially if you got 90,000 seats to fill, there'll be a lot of bear fans out there <laughs> if that's it. how it goes down. It. So, uh, looking forward to that, Brad, thanks so much, uh, for coming on, man. And, uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. I hope. All right, take it easy.
Bears25 is the promo code if you want your 50% deposit bonus at MyBookie. And with everything that's going on this weekend, you got the Bears and the Rams. You got a full slate uh, of NFL. No more bye weeks. So you got 16 full games to go through. Well, 15 because this Thursday night game's going on uh, right now. Anybody see that run from Derrick Henry? Was that not bananas? 99 yards and he was throwing dudes all over the place like he was Marshawn Lynch or something. That, that was crazy. But NHL, NBA, uh, college basketball, eSports, uh, politics, they, they got bets on poli- – I don't know how they're swinging that. But nonetheless, if you want to bet on something, I'm pretty sure MyBookie can help you out. You play, you win, and you get paid uh, at MyBookie. So here we go. What's it going to take? for our beloved to uh, pull off the quote-unquote upset uh, on Sunday. They are underdogs at home by three and a half last I checked on my bookie. So, uh, you know, there's there's a way to feel about that. Uh, Being a a home underdog is uh, not that common when you're eight and four, but uh, when you're playing a team that's 11 and one, not that big of a surprise, but it's it's really kind of difficult to talk about what the Bears need to do in specifics. It's it's more, uh, you know, even for someone uh, like me, usually I'm able to come in and say, you know, what if we stop this, then you know they'll have a, a weaker this, and we'll be able to exploit that uh, kind of thing. But you know, it, it just kind of goes back to what I've been saying the last few weeks, as far as like. Um, if I would rather play the Saints or the Rams, and it's like, honestly, right now, I think I'd rather play the Rams because the Rams are giving up about 100 points a game on defense right now. And even though the return of Ekeep Tlaib seems to have uh, slowed the leak uh, in that sense, um, maybe we can exploit it. You know, who knows? But uh, it would just be a matter of the defense being able to slow down, stop, or contain the Rams offense, which is a hell of a lot easier said than done. I mean, you have Brandon Cooks, you have Robert Woods, um, you have at least three tight ends that are catching passes uh, for Jared Goff. There are probably some receivers in there that I'm not naming uh, right now. I'm not Sean McVay. I don't know all their names. But you also, it's not so much, I mean, a year ago at this time, I would have said, if you stop Todd Gurley, put the ball in Jared Goff's hands, you're probably increasing your chance to win. Jared Goff is not that guy this year. Um, he is doing just fine. He pretty much won the game uh, for the Rams, that Monday night shootout with the, uh, with the Chiefs. They did it through the air, man. It was uh, a bananas game uh, to watch and super impressive. The only other time I've really watched Goff play was that Thursday night game that, that uh, Brad and I talked about, that, that back-and-forth shootout with the – with the Vikings, but he threw for like five touchdowns and like 460 in that game. I mean, he was a he was a beast uh, in that game. So it's not about stopping Gurley and you stop the Rams uh, or anything. It's it's difficult, you know. It, it it kind of boils down to something a little bit more general in to just limit your mistakes because this is that game where mistakes will kill you. Uh, I if if we come out and we turn the football over, if Mitch is rusty and throws an interception, we will pay for that. We will definitely pay for that. So it's all going to come down to mistakes. That's what happened in the New Orleans game. That's how they lost that game. Granted, they were also on the road in a place that's very difficult to win football games, but they made more mistakes than the Saints did. The Saints had a turnover, but the Rams had more. 
they were able to take advantage of those mistakes, and that's what kept the Rams out of the game. Even though they made a late surge and made it interesting, at one point they were down 35-14 to 14, uh, in that game. It looked like the, the Saints were going to run away with it. So it, that's really what it's going to come down to. We have to limit mistakes, and we have to create mistakes for the, for the Rams. I keep wanting to call them St. Louis. <laughs> but we got we to gotta force the Rams to make some mistakes. You know, use, the, use it to our advantage, the fact that we are the most ball-hungry football team in the league right now, the most interceptions, the most points off of turnovers. We have to be that team on Sunday. It, it's a, it'll be about who makes fewer mistakes. I mean, it's funny to say that in a game that was 54-51 to 51 on Monday Night Football, but the Rams won because they made fewer mistakes than the Chiefs did. They won it, they, granted, they only won it by three points, but Mahomes himself, I think, had like, was responsible for like four turnovers, like two touchdowns and at least two fumbles that, I can, that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. And somehow both of those offenses were able to crank that out into 105 points, 1,000 yards of offense, and so on and so forth. But the Rams won because they made fewer mistakes than the Chiefs did. That's really what it's going to boil down to. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk about schemes and stopping Gurley and getting after golf or anything like that. Of course, we have to do those things. But in the end, in the simplest thing, we're going to come back on Monday, and if the Bears won, it will because they be because they made fewer mistakes than the Rams did. Whether it be a bad call, a blown coverage, a missed tackle, fewer mistakes will win the game on Sunday against the Rams. And if we make more mistakes than the Rams do, the Rams will win the game. I really do think it's as simple as that. When you get to teams at this level, it's going to be about who, who makes fewer mistakes. There is no way we're going to be able to come here on Monday with the review episode and have the Bears with zero turnovers and the Rams with four and the Rams won the game. I don't see that happening at all. I, I think that's impossible. There's no way the Rams, you know, create four, you know, give up four turnovers. The Bears create none, and yet the Rams come out on top. I don't see that happening at all. I really don't. So as, as complicated as Sean McVay's offensive scheme is to follow, as aggressive as the Rams can be on defense, as tough as the Bears can be on defense, and as good as the you know, Mitch and, and Nagy can be at times on the offensive side of the ball, it is going to come down to who makes fewer mistakes on Sunday night. So that's the score you want to keep. If <laughs> not really so much the one that's on the scoreboard, but the mistakes scoreboard. If the Bears have more mistakes than the Rams on Sunday, the Rams are going to win. Vice versa, I think the Bears have an excellent chance to win this game. So I cannot wait. Here it is Thursday night. We are 72 hours away uh, from this game getting going, and it's going to be a long 72 hours. Uh, to get to that game so I mean Sundays are tough to sit through when the Bears don't play but I'm gonna have to do something to keep myself busy or I'm gonna drive myself nuts counting the minutes until the game gets started so thankfully there are a couple of movies out there that I haven't seen yet that I want to go see so I will go out and do something to get out of the house and away from it so I'm not watching my phone to check the time or or any of that kind of stuff you know, I just got to be a day that I get through as quickly as humanly possible to get to the main event, which will be Bears Rams on Sunday night. So that's it. You heard me say it here first. Whoever makes fewer mistakes on Sunday will come away with the victory. If the Rams make fewer mistakes than the Bears, they get the W. If the Bears uh, make fewer mistakes, we will get the win. So 
that's how it's going to go down. So that will be the key. When they try to analyze it all, it won't be because the defense did that or the offense was here and so on and so forth. It will come down to mistakes. Who made fewer? That will be your winner. So that's going to do it, folks, for the Week 14 preview of the Bears Talk Underground. I'm going to go ahead and get out here, catch the rest of this Thursday night game. Remember, if you have, if you should be getting a sticker, send me your information so I can get them out to you. You'll be getting them in a Christmas card uh, that I found in my uh, in my dresser. So um, go ahead and send that information to me. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Hopefully we'll be back here on Monday talking about what an amazing victory the Bears pulled off on Sunday night. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.